Hey everyone, and welcome to this episode of Trust Bites Preceptor Boost, a knowledge-centered podcast specifically designed for preceptors. I'm your host, Andrea Zulsdorf, e-learning developer and coordinator here at the Knowledge Center. Today we are joined by Cece Corneal, clinical educator, Catley Jean Baptiste, care group nurse, Peggy Anderson, nurse practitioner, Inez Christner, social worker, Sarah Ullman, music therapist, and Paulette Clooney, CNA. Today's episode is all about celebrating our preceptors. So let's get into it. All right, welcome to the Preceptor Podcast, and I'm happy to have all of you on. So I'd like to kind of go around and have each one of you introduce yourselves and tell us your discipline and maybe how long you've been with TrustBridge. So I'll go ahead and start with you. Sarah, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself to the audience for us? Good morning. My name is Sarah Ullman. And I am a music therapist at TrustBridge, and I have worked here almost six years. So I'm very right. honored to be here. Yes. Thank you, Sarah. Inez, would you be so welcoming to introduce yourself, please? Oh, yes. Good morning. I'm Inez Krisner. I'm a social worker uh, on the SAGE team. And I have been with uh, TrustBridge or Hospice of Palm Beach County since 2008. Wow. Thank you, Inez. And Ms. Peggy, will you introduce yourself? Well, her full name is Mary Anderson, but we call her Peggy, but I'll let her tell you guys that. Go ahead, Peggy. Hi, I'm Peggy Anderson. I'm one of the uh, nurse practitioners uh, in the field. I've been with uh, TrustBridge Combo with Hospice by the Sea for 13 years, so long time. Lots of changes. Absolutely. Peggy and I worked together. We actually started around the same time, believe it or not, Peggy. I've been here for about 13 years, too. So I think when Peggy was starting, that's when I started also. So um, I kind of have a little bit of a affinity for Peggy, hold her close to my heart. So I'm happy to have her on today. Thank you, Peggy. Ketley, how are you? Um, So last but not least, Paulette, would you like to introduce yourself to the audience for us? Okay. Yes. Um, my name is Paulette Clooney and I have been with TrustBridge for eight plus eight plus years. Um, I'm a member of the Eager team and I'm a Zuni. Oh yes. Thank you, Paulette. Well, Thank you all for introducing yourself. So it's so nice for you guys to let everybody know where you work and how long you've been here. Well, I wanted to meet with you this morning because we wanted to celebrate our preceptors this month. And I thought that it would be a fitting month to celebrate our preceptors because this also coincides with National Professional Development Educators Week, month as I should say. And as preceptors, you guys work a lot on educating and training and teaching. So I thought it would only be fitting to celebrate you guys this month. So I guess I want to get jump right into it and get started. Um, And anybody could take this and answer first, if you like. What do you like the best about being a preceptor? Go ahead, Peggy. What do you like best about being a preceptor? Well, I think the thing I like most about being a preceptor is sharing my enthusiasm about what I do. Um, 
I think it's important for me to, to not just show someone how to do something, but why, why we're doing something. And when I start about the why, it always brings a sense of enthusiasm to me. So that's the number one reason. Um, I enjoy it. I like it. And I like sharing my knowledge. Absolutely. Enthusiasm is one of those things. I think it's um, infectious because I think whenever a preceptee can see that their preceptor is excited to show them and to be around them, that makes them even more willing and happy to be a part of that place and get to know the job. So, yeah, I definitely agree with you. Enthusiasm is a big part of it. What do you guys think, Sarah, Inez? What is your best thing about being a preceptor? What is it? What does it mean to you? I'd say for me, I, I love teaching. Um, I think it definitely helps to some of the reward in it is teaching someone else how to care really well for our patients and families and adding someone that can help our team and our company grow and, um, and provide excellent care. Like I love getting to see um, our, you know, preceptees learning and growing and getting excited. Like Peggy said, I love the enthusiasm I get to share, but then watching them start to apply those things and be, and provide really excellent care. It's, it's always so encouraging. Yes. I, I love that. Would, would you like to add anything to that, Inez? Oh, yes. Um, so, yes, I agree with both Miss Sarah. Sarah! Um, <laughs> that I, it, I, and what Peggy said is the sharing. I love what I do. I love every, as, I mean, I say almost every aspect of what I do. I love my patients, my families, and I love and sharing that, um, you know, teaching and training and letting them see, you know, what what I do each day and, um, you know, and, and right. The, just that the, the excitement of, of, of that part of the job and, you know, what the, the, like the compassion, the caring that we have for our patients. And so, yeah, that's my, that's what I love about it. Paulette, did you want to add anything? I know you precept quite a bit. Is there anything that stands out to you? Why yes. you like precepting so much? Yes. Uh, um, yes, I love to teach, and I I like to impart my knowledge to what is what is the knowledge I have to the next person. So, and um, um, training the new employee, then I get to show the employee how to uh, interact with the patient and how to administer care to the patient, because um, you have to tailor each um each of our care for each patient because. Each patient is different. Each of the patient patient is different, so we have to tailor care to that patient. So we have to, you know, interact with the patient properly to let the and let the patient build the trust, build trust with us, so that they will um, let us perform. The, that it's, it's it's quite an intimate task, so we have to um, let the patient trust us enough to do that. So yes, I like being a preceptor because I like to show people how to do it. I feel like it was good at the new hire because I've been seeing a lot of new nurses. They start in and they, they, uh, they couldn't keep up 
and I feel like um, I can, do, you know, make a difference and help them and really teach them good and encourage them and give them good advice to let them stay in the job because I like what I'm doing and I feel like if I can, you know, motivate somebody else for them to stay and to see uh, the, you know, the goodness on what they're doing. Will be great for the company. Wow, that's that's great, Ketley. I can definitely hear the love and the passion in your voice, especially when you talked about making a difference. You see, it's so funny. All of you are in different disciplines, and you've all have said like the same thing in a different way, right? Because when you think about the characteristics of a preceptor, you're a mentor, you're a caretaker. Because once you take that preceptee on, you're caring for them. You're a facilitator. You help to change, make changes, and of course, you show compassion as well as training them. So all of these things that you guys have mentioned is partly why you guys stand out as such amazing preceptors and a lot of our other preceptors that do it because you just want to give back so much of what you have because giving back and sharing and imparting knowledge that's what continues to help with good patient outcomes and you guys show that in just just a few minutes that you guys have said that and all of you said the same thing in a different way so that's a good job about being a preceptor. However, we know that sometimes precepting can come with its challenges. So, like, what do you do when you have a preceptee that maybe is struggling in a particular area or a particular topic or concept? How do you guys help guide them through that? Who would like to start with this one? I think um, when when you precept in them, so you you know, directing them, you're telling them what to do, you, you oversee everything they're doing when they become on their own. Now it's a challenge, and um, I think they should continue having someone, you know, look after them and check on them and see what's wrong, what they need. So if we just, you know, like drop them and nobody follow up, and they become overwhelming and they feel like that's too much. I didn't know it will be that hard. And they leave. And that's what I feel like me. When I train people, I continue. I, we do a bond, you know, relationship. Uh, even if I'm off, uh, they can call me and I call them, check on them. And the most of people that I accept, you know, they got it the same day. Um, they be on the road because, uh, you know, I keep them going. I call them, I check on them and see what's going on. And also I feel like um, when they just be on their own, they should really start with a low caseload with them, you know, not giving them five or six, you know, start them with like four or three patients for the day and it will be easy. But if they, you know, on out there and they have a big caseload, they receive an email, everybody calling them, social worker, you know, coordinator, they become confused and they feel like they over and they feel like I cannot continue this. I mean, spend more time with them uh, on and yeah, and let them know, you know, that we're here. 
you know, even after they're done with the the precepting, um, yeah, I guess it's, yeah, just it's just more time. Yes, I have had quite a few challenging times listening to my preceptors, so I I have to keep showing them over and over what they are getting wrong, especially with the device. That's that's where I have most problem with, with the device. So I have to keep showing them over and over and over. And to me, it doesn't matter. I'll go over it as many times as possible so that the person can get it and can go out on their own to do the job properly. And I always tell them when I'm finished with them that or I am here for them. It doesn't matter what whatever time you want to call me, call me if you have a problem and I will walk you through it. I agree with Paulette that you know, it's the device can oftentimes be the more challenging part of learning a new job. You know, all the devices are different. The way they're set up can be complicated. So where I usually start is why we're doing something. So instead of pulling the device out right away, that's usually what I do. If I can start and explain not just how to do something, but the underlying reason why we do it, then it makes things, it takes a little longer because you have to try to explain the rationale behind, for instance, what a face-to-face -face is, what are the guidelines for Medicare. But if we know why we're doing something, it helps to figure out how you do it and then how the computer is set up or the device is set up to look and search and document that information. Absolutely. Great point, Peggy. The why. Absolutely. Oh, go ahead, Sarah. Um, yeah, I think <clears throat> those are all excellent answers and I love explaining the why. I love letting them know that I'm here and spending more time with them. I would say I, I implement all of those strategies. Something else that came to mind was trying to get to know a little bit more about the person and see what their learning style is and see if I can adjust a little bit based on their needs. Um, and I think that definitely shows that I'm here for them and I'm willing to work with them for them to get it. But knowing, you know, do they learn kinetically? Do they need to do it more often? Do I need to write down the instructions of what we're going over? Do I need to say it a little differently? Um, so just kind of exploring more and getting to know them because I don't think we should give up on people when they're trying to learn something new, you know? And so just letting them know that I'm for them. Absolutely. Absolutely. All great thoughts. First, you got to begin with the why, and then you got to meet people where they are, right? Because we all know we're individuals and individuals have unique needs. So to meet those unique needs, understanding how that person learns is one of the best ways to get to that. And that just continues. Um, I also like that you guys mentioned that you continue that relationship with that preceptee even after the preceptorship has ended, right? So because we know when we look at it, research shows that as a preceptor, when you kind of have cultivated that relationship and you've moved into like a mentor now, that maintains and helps to promote sustainability 
for someone to stay, for someone to want to continue to work there. And then those people then want to become preceptors themselves because you left such a lasting impact on them. So that that's amazing. So I think all of those are just absolutely great things to figure out to help someone that may be navigating through some challenges, especially as we know, living in a technology-infused world, and we've infused that into our organization, it's good to kind of bring that in. So um, I do want to ask you guys one more thing. Um, when we look at it, when you're precepting and going back and forth, right? We know that you love it. You like the enthusiasm and imparting your knowledge. And then sometimes you find different ways to help kind of bring it together if someone's having a hard time. But what do you guys use for yourself as specific techniques to help with your self-care? Because it can be a little bit overwhelming to continue to precept over and over and over. And as we know, like, as the pandemic kind of shifted what, you know, jobs look like now and who performs what task and when. And so I'm sure a lot of you have had to precept quite a bit more than you've had before. So, you know, what do you guys do to maintain that sense of enthusiasm within yourself to do it? How do you continue? What do you guys do? One of the things, because I think you've hit on something really important. And as the APRN team, we've recognized, particularly since most of the time we're riding around in a car with someone, that we split the preceptor up a little bit. So the first week we'll have one continuous person. And then over the next several weeks, We'll give that preceptor a break and let the, you know, the new APRN spend some time with one of the other nurse practitioners. And just to dovetail on what Inez says, as everybody has different ways of teaching, sometimes that next person can find that subtle, subtle, you know, link of helping someone see something. So, I'm not very good at self-care, <laughs> but <laughs> I do think that giving, you know, the, the preceptor that break has been, has worked very well for us, um, the, the team to make sure that everybody gets a little bit of everything else. And then that the main preceptor, you know, gets a, gets a break because, what we found out also is to go from what we call a novice APRN to a specialist, actually, according to um, the HPNC, takes a year. You're not with a person for a year, but we follow through with one, you know, one year with intermittent, um, you know, check-ins to make sure that the person continues on the process. Absolutely. Yeah, self-care is one of those things. I think it's hard for us because we're healthcare providers. You're right, Peggy, but at least having a break in between helps quite a bit. Yes. Sarah, what about you? What what do you do? What how do you keep it going? What do you what gives you your mojo to keep precepting over and over again? Um Honestly, I think this kind of piggybacks on what Peggy said earlier. There's something that 
really breathes life into my own work when I'm sharing the magic of music therapy with someone else. Mm. So, uh, you know, as far as self-care, I play with my baby when I get home. <laughs> I play with my dog, <laughs> go for walks. I listen to music, you know, I, I do the mindfulness techniques and, and definitely put a boundary, of course, on my work and personal life. So, you know, when I'm out of work, my phone goes off and I'm done. But as far as like what keeps me going with preceptees, because I do take breaks, but oftentimes I'm the one asking my manager, like, hey, can I have another intern or <laughs> can I have can I have someone else to teach? Because I find that, you know, sometimes in our day to day, you can kind of forget like how special it is what we do caring for people who are at the end of life and yeah. who really need us and how we make such a huge difference but when i'm teaching that to someone else i'm i'm constantly reminded like wow what i get to do what i have the opportunity to do for these people and their families is so special that that's really what keeps me propelling forward Mm, I like that. Propelling forward and the magic of music therapy. All right, Sarah, I'm going to make you go viral with those two phrases. <laughs> Inez. <laughs> Inez, what keeps you going? So, um, I, uh, so regarding, yeah, self-care, I have, well, my team, um, of course, and, um, you know, my, uh, my personal relationships, but also, I think, like what Peggy was saying, I think breaks in between helps. Um, you know, I love what I do and love sharing, but yeah, breaks in between um, the precepting. Um, but yeah, and, and definitely, like what Sarah says, is, you know, boundaries, you know, between your personal and uh, work, like not checking your phone on the weekends if you don't work weekends. <laughs> So Absolutely. things like that, but yeah, you know, exercise and, uh, prayer, you know, your, our own faith and, you know, that helps us daily. So all good points. Yes, I agree. You know, um, I think one of the most important things that I like what you guys are saying is the boundaries, um, and it's, you know, allowing that to be okay. I think for a lot of times, because you guys are so great at what you do and you love it, we take quite a bit of ownership. And sometimes because we have that ownership, we forget that we have ownership over ourselves as well. And when you have ownership over yourself, it's okay to say, okay, because I am owning myself, I am not going to do X, Y, and Z today. And sometimes that's hard, but it's important for you to do that because you know, and I know it's often people hear it all the time. You cannot pour from an empty cup. It's true. If you're giving and giving and giving so much and you don't replenish, then you don't have that magic. You don't have that enthusiasm. You don't have all of that compassion to give back. So it's important to take some time and whatever way that looks like, whether that is playing with your baby, taking a break from precepting for a week or so, or just overall just doing those things that you love on the weekend, but having some form of outlet. So that's great that you guys do that. So Paulette, would you like to share before we go ahead and close out this podcast? What is uh, your form of self-care that you take for yourself that you helps you to keep going to precept? So um, I have a sense of humor. 
I love to laugh. <laughs> she so, does. <laughs> I something to laugh about. And also, I love to exercise, and I exercise a lot, and I love to read. And I, I don't read online. I, I, I prefer my hardcover book. So I take my book, and I go to a corner, and I read. So all of that helps me to keep going. That helps replenish you, huh, Paulette? Yes, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, you guys have been great. Thank you all so much for taking the time to spend some time with me just to talk about how you love precepting and what helps you to keep going. Before we end the podcast, I just want you to give me what is one tip that you have for someone who is considering becoming a preceptor? One tip that you can think of. Inez? Um, Patience. Patience. I love that. Yes. Yeah. Patience. Peggy. I think it's recognizing that preceptors are, you're starting the process, but it continues. You're not going to get, you're not going to have that person, you know, become the specialist or meet every goal just during the preceptorship. You know, it just takes time. Um, and, you know, you're just starting the process. You know, love patient and also always show that person you really want her or him to stay. Always give good, positive feedback to them when they do something good. And, you know, bond the relationship with them. Not only when you accept them and forget them, you always try to reach out to them and check on them, see what they're doing, if they're doing okay. Um, what they really need help with and for you to continue to follow up with them. And that would be great. Yes, that would be great indeed, Kelly. Sarah? I would say just remember, um, and not in a way that adds pressure, but remember that you're pretty much, you know, the beginning or the first impression for our company and, and this person's um you know, impact on TrustBridge. So try to stay positive and and really inspire. Yes, love that. Inspire patience and continued preceptorship. Yes. How about you, Paulette? Bring it home for us. One tip for somebody who wants to become a preceptor. I would say love for teaching because if you don't love like teaching, you, you won't do a good job. So you have to have a love for teaching and patience. Yes. Thank you. And on that note, I love you all for taking time with me today. Thank you so much. This has been a great episode with some great preceptors and you guys had some great tips. Have a good day, guys. That brings us to the end of this episode of Trust Bites Preceptor Boost. Thank you to our preceptors for all that you do. Thank you for being with us. We look forward to you being with us for our next episode.